0: So, the next part of this morning is something I've been, to say the least, looking forward to greatly since the first day when I first learned who this keynote, excuse me, who this year's keynote speaker would be. And the reason for that is it's just somebody who speaks to something that I'm extremely connected to and extremely emotional about. 12 years in the Marine Corps. MARSOC, Marine Recon, several combat deployments, and that was really him just getting started. As he got out and he figured out his own transition, he became founder and CEO of Alexander Industries, and then he started the Raider Project as a way to help others like him figure out the best way to exit the military and move into the civilian world and discover themselves in the process. And not only that, he discovered himself. Since then, he has also started Robin Hood Pictures as a way to document and share some of these transition experiences. For myself, somebody who's actually transitioned out of the military on two occasions, the first of which didn't go so well, and I ended up back in. I can speak to how difficult that time was, and for me, how hard it was to kind of reinvent and figure myself out. I think I can speak for everybody in here when I say that when you meet a veteran, there's something special in that. You sort of immediately hold them in a little bit of a higher regard because of their service to this country. Today's keynote speaker is not just that, he's somebody who continued to serve and take care of those veterans as they transition into this new life. And there is something just absurdly special about that because it's hard enough just to worry about yourself, let alone take care of so many others. Ladies and gentlemen, today's keynote speaker, Nick Kumalazos.
1: Um, So, last night Tyler said that uh, the best keynote speaker ever was Colonel Dave Grossman and that I had to follow him up. I'm going to tell you right now that that is not what's going to happen. Uh, No way, shape, or form. Um, Real quick, I'm I'm curious, how many people uh, support law enforcement are in here in some way, shape, or form uh, law law enforcement? I really, and okay, Uh, firefighters. Come on, You're like we have bad shoulder mobility in here. Or what's going on here? <laughs> and then military. And what have I missed? Which is just just you. Okay. Is there another? Is there in the T-SAC? I'm am curious. Is there another you know modality that I'm missing? Is that mainly the big three? Okay. Cool. I'm just curious because obviously I'm coming from a military a military background. Uh, I served, as he said, 12 years in the, in the uh, Marine Corps, and then, absolutely, we've got a couple of my brothers in here, There's Tony Morrow, um, and of course, Josh, which you guys will see a lot more about here in a second, um, sorry, Josh, uh, but this talk, you know, when they asked me to come up here and talk, I really wanted, I was like, I can't, we came here, my first year here was last year, and... I really wanted to connect the dots between the end user, who you guys support and who's a lot of you, how many of you are former military that are now supporting military law enforcement or former law enforcement, former firefighters that are now doing the job um, to take care of those individuals? There's quite a bit and there's a reason reason why for that. Um, But I wanted to give a discussion about heroes and how you guys And guys like me, or what I used to be, connect. Um, So to do that, we're going to tell a story. And a lot of that's my story. Some of that's Josh's story. And then then I'm basically going to generalize and just, it's it's all going to turn into one story. Because there's a trend when it comes to all of us. Um, And it goes right back into law enforcement firefighters as well. All right. So um, where's the little clicker? Ah. So this was me. This was uh, this was my last deployment in Afghanistan with a bunch of amazing dudes. I think that uh, that picture's been all over the internet forever. Um, but I served uh, twelve years in the Marine Corps. Half of that was with uh, reconnaissance, and my last half was spent Marine Special Operations Command. Um, did a bunch of deployments. It was super fun. And then I found myself uh, out of the military and kind of lost, and and that's kind of a trend amongst a lot of people, but we had to, you know, I had to navigate that, so that was, that was me, I was supposed, that was the day I was supposed to die, Uh, we were going to do something really dumb, and as luck would have it, I'm standing right here, so that's, this picture to me is just so funny, because here a couple dudes are just standing and smiling, and they know that, or they think they were about to eat it, Josh was there as well, um, but that's really, that, that picture right there is what I would say the last picture of my career. That was, that was it. After that, I got out. But to really understand all of this, we have to go back here. <laughs> How many women's uh, baby clock just started ticking? I know, I know Ms. Kappers did. Um, so that's, that's me. And uh, yeah, just a little, little baby. Um, and I lived a very interesting childhood. Uh, my mom and dad split when I was very young, and I was raised by my mother, who I guess what I would call a a, a traveling gypsy. Uh, growing up, I thought that we were actually running from the, the law. We moved so much; we moved about every six months. I'd wake up and I'd be in a car and be like, "I'm like, what's happening, mom? Oh, we're moving." I'm like, "Okay, let's do it. We're going." Um, but that was that was my life. With me and my little brother. We were absolutely wild. Uh, we did not live a v- normal life. We didn't really grow up in a suburb. I grew up basically living out of the back of a Toyota Corolla and different houses and different schools and on islands. And I mean, it was, it was very bizarre, which I hated. Allie, what the heck? Jesus. That's, no, it's me. It's me training to be a Marine. <laughs> Um, Let check out those shorts. Who owned, who owned a pair of shorts like that? <laughs> they were style back then. But I, that was me, completely wide open all the time. And um, I actually, I loved it. Other than the moving schools is the only part that I didn't like. I, I absolutely loved my childhood because it was just wild 100% of the time. Um, who in here, I'm 36 years old. Who in here has children my age? There's, I'm 36, so who in here could be, could be my dad? There's gotta be somebody. I know there's somebody in here. Yeah, there we go. Why did you do this to your children? <laughs> so because of this abuse, because of this abuse, I decided, okay, Nick, it's time to take matters into your own hands, no longer be a victim. And I started to hit the gym. I was like, I'm gonna put on some weight. So I hit the gym and I put on some muscle. And uh, I was gonna protect myself and not allow that weird bear to touch me anymore. Um, so obviously this didn't work and I needed to I needed to gain a little bit more weight. So I started drinking uh, who did the a gomad gallon of milk a day. You guys remember that? Is that still a thing? That's horrible. I hope nobody's doing that. And then I gained some more weight. I think it's about three pounds heavier right there. (laughs) So uh, this is about the time that I decided I was going to join the Marine Corps. And through that that growing up, I actually, at 13, I ended up with two felonies. I grew up in Panama City, Florida. Um, So through that gypsy childhood, uh, puberty kicked in. And uh, as you guys probably know, if you have... Boys, that's an interesting time. And uh, so, two felonies later, and then I decided to join the Marine Corps. And they were like, "Kid, you're crazy. You're a convicted felon, and you didn't graduate high school, and you should go do something else." Which was the absolute worst thing that they could have told me. Because then I spent that was became my entire mission was to join the Marine Corps. And uh, so I did. So after that's me at a. I went in at 100 about 175, and that's me at 142 pounds. Yeah, joining, uh, actually, you know, irony, I spent two and a half years trying to get in the Marine Corps. On day seven, I broke my wrist and ended up in boot camp for five and a half months. But I made the best of it and ended up graduating company undergrad. Um, I mean, it was almost by default because I'd been there so long. It it wasn't (laughs) even really fair. Um, But after a short time in the Marine Corps, I found these guys. Tony, you recognize that, don't you? So I found, I found these guys, I went to ARS and became a reconnaissance marine and then I got to do fun stuff like this. Oh, no, that's not, that's not it, sorry. This, that's what it was. Um, so I, get to, I got to do fun stuff like this and, and it, it was awesome, this was in Iraq. This was, uh, I was supposed to be watching a meeting take place between like 40 Al-Qaeda people but it was actually 40 kids showed up to play a soccer game So that was an interesting 24 hours in a a house by myself. Um, And then this with these guys, this is is some of the best times and worst times of my life. All Iraq. And then I went to Marsak and I got to grow a beard, which apparently never never left. Um, Had that time, was awesome with these great guys. And this is who I was this is this was this was nick this is everything that i had worked to become this is everything that i wanted to do this is everything i wanted to be right nick was an operator i was this person when i wasn't doing this i was training to be this when i wasn't training to be this i was looking for gear to be this this was my whole world how many people can relate with that uh, same with law enforcement, right? If you're, if you're a law enforcement officer, is that just a job or is that who you are? If you're a firefighter, is that just a job or is that, that is part of your identity? And it was an amazing, amazing time. So let's get back to the heroes. All right? We all look at these guys, right? Now, take this is not my story, these are just pictures. Anybody that's who served, who's actually served? It's a good number of hands. Thank you for your service. Who looks at these guys, those pictures that I just showed you, you and go, these, these guys are American heroes. These guys are out there doing the job and sacrificing their life. Who, I mean, can we all agree on that? Yep. Okay. You guys know who that is? Kyle Carpenter. American hero, correct? Absolutely. They got kids a badass. Another Marine. You guys know who he is? Who knows that crazy fool? That's Derek Carver, Ms. Kapper actually took that photo, um, amazing guy, Do you consider, would you guys consider him an American hero? Yup. And then Mr. Weta, the other Derek, he's, he's uh, a couple screws loose still, <sighs> another great guy. And then last, last year's keynote speaker, Leroy Petrie. Awesome guy. Another American hero. That job is a, an immensely, immensely tough job. Would you agree? Yes, you, you agree. It is, um, as I said, it's, it's an identity thing. It's not something you go do nine to five. It's something you train for, you sleep for, you dream about, you do all the time. And because if you don't, you or could get hurt. Somebody else can get hurt. It is all the time, twenty-four-seven. All right. Me personally, the guys that I worked with, we loved it. Loved it. It was not something super special to us. Didn't feel special. We just felt like dudes doing a job that we loved. We got to ride around on motorcycles in Afghanistan carrying guns. You know, riding out of the back of helicopters on a motorcycle in some crazy, crazy place. Like, they make movies about it. It's awesome. What's not awesome is the toll that it takes on you. And we don't really, I did not really realize that during. In 2009, I stopped sleeping. I didn't start sleeping again until 2014. Those of you uh, who've heard, is Jeff here? Jeff Nichols? He will be. Um, If you've heard him talk, he's told a very similar story. Uh, I want to share a little bit of a story here. It was, I
2: think, the third jump of the day. Um, And uh, we were in these little, real tiny planes that we were jumping out, basically like little Cessnas. Um, so the back door is like a reverse clamshell. So when the door opens, when the rear ramp opens, uh, the ceiling level ends up being, you know, farther out than the, than the floor. Um, decently turbulent on um, that day when I was doing the jump. I was one man out the door in the stick, which just means you're, you're, you're the first guy that jumps um, in your group of guys that are jumping. Uh, so green light goes, um, jump master says go. I go to jump out the door. Pretty much instantaneously, as soon as I jumped out the door, I got flipped upside down in the plane, bounced off the roof. Um, I had a cord of some sort wrapped around my neck, and then there was another one that was wrapped around uh, my left leg. The one that was around my left leg, it snapped my femur in half, you know, shot it out the back of my leg. So basically being a compound femur fracture as I woke up to the jolting of my chute fully, you know, expanding and gaining lift. Is
1: there any trauma counselors in here? might need to see Josh later after that. <laughs> so that happened uh, shortly after our, our deployment. And um, he spent the next, was it two years, Josh? Two and a half, just over there, through going through recovery um, and working with your guys' counterparts. Um, that's him in the bed out in California. Um, and then that is... Mr. Chase, working on him, and there's his family. Now, I remember verbatim him being in a wheelchair, and we were putting, he would had this grand idea, he was in a wheelchair, and he had this grand idea that he was going to go to Costco and buy an entire freaking castle, and then put it together for his daughter's play, because he was in a wheelchair, and his daughters are very active and everything, um, but he's in a wheelchair. How is he going to build this castle? Well, that's where we came into play. And uh, this thing was huge, and it took us, what, two days? Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> but I distinctly remember that he said, he said, Nick, all I want to do, like he had slowly shifted, right? Like his, here he was at the top of his game. We had just gotten back from Afghanistan on what I would consider the most awesome deployment ever. And that happens. By the way, that's a plug for a movie we're launching on April, no, May 24th on Amazon. So you'll get to see the rest of that story if you so choose. Um, But he said, all I want to do is be able to run and play with my daughters, who at the time were like two and six or something like that. One and three? No. Come on, Josh. No way, man. Oh, no, you're right. Four. Two and five, something like that. We're close. Look, man, I've been blown up and thrown all over the place. Yeah, you know, it's a bracket. So he says, all I want to do is be able to run and play with these guys. And at the time, he's in a wheelchair, and the docs are saying, bro, you're, like, Done. You're going to be walking with a cane. Running? Not happening. 100 percent, not happening. Um, like cane walking? Sure. That 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 could happen. But but your career is done. Your are running. Like your athletic ability career is done. Um, and of course, these are like the surgeon. These are not these are not you guys. These are the other people out there that we have the tug of war with a lot, probably. Um, and then he did. He pushed after two and a half years. And I remember just the other day, he posted on Instagram. Were, he lives in Hawaii and they're running through Hawaii. And I'm watching this video of him chasing his girls. And I'm like, he did it. He's got 17 inch rod going through his femur. Uh, his shoulder's been rebuilt. He's had multiple surgeries on his knee. I mean, anybody else would be like, oh man, my knee hurts, my back hurts, my shoulder hurts, my leg hurts. But he did it, and how he did it was because of people like you in this room. Without people like you in this room, he wouldn't have got his wish to be able to run and play with his daughters. And I, I feel sometimes that there's a disconnect between what your purpose and what you do and the impact that you make on people's lives and what the end user is. And being doing what I do now with the Raider Project and helping veterans transition and helping them be successful, I see a lot of the bad. I see the snowball effect. If there wasn't people like you, my best friend Josh probably wouldn't have been standing in this photo because it's a snowball effect what if he didn't get off the couch and didn't get out of the wheelchair so here he goes from being this awesome person doing what we did okay now the pain the, the no mobility when does pain, when does pain pills count? I mean how easy, easy is it for a vet to get or a law enforcement a guy to get pain pills it's, it's the opposite of, of hard it's not even easy they just give them to you like I have to like push them away from my, from my issues. They're constantly pushing pain pills. And I'm sure all of you know the exact same thing that I'm talking about. It's, it's a deal thing that we deal with. Um, so how easy is it to just start collecting pain pills and then start hitting the bottle and then what comes after that? There'd be a picture of the three of them with my, minus Josh. But because of people like you in this room you kept this family together. So what I wanna talk about is the unseen heroes. Kyle Carpenter, Dakota Meyer, Derek Carver, Derek Weta, Leroy Petrie. How many of those individuals, all those individuals had what? Care, right? Some had soft care, some had Bethesda, you know, whatever. But they had nurses, they had physical therapists, they had sports, they had uh, strength conditioning coaches, that worked with them for years. I bet you, well, I don't have to bet you, the ones that I know, I ask, their heroes are people like this. Who know these guys? Vernon, who's actually speaking here, and who I cannot wait to heckle while he's talking. Now I'm looking forward to hear him, looking forward to hear him speech. And Ali over VHV, they run a, they run a mission called No Fail, where they take veterans who have been wounded, gravely wounded, and they rehabilitate them so that they, have, so they can walk and run and play with their kids. They both did military service, but I feel like the reasons why they're, they're heroes is because of what they're doing now. Because if you ask them, hey, you're a hero because you served, do you think that they would say, yeah, I am? It's just a job, man. So the reasons why I told you my story about all the things that I did, I do not feel like I'm a hero at all, whatsoever. I'm just a dude that did a job. But I'm a dude that has a mom, who has a dad, who has a brother and a sister, now has a family, has a wonderful girlfriend, who has kids, that I want to live my life now. Josh has beautiful daughters and a wife that he wants to live his life. We're just people. We're just people that did a job. but we want to continue to live that life with the people that we love. So these guys are making that happen. This is our yoga man, Sean Severo. He's also a, he was also a Marine. He works with the Raider Project and we force people to, uh, to get weird. I was talking to, uh, who was it? Um, Nate, were we talking about this morning? Yeah. So we were talking about it this morning that we basically, we do these retreats where we take guys out there and we basically force them to meditate in the morning. We do meditation in the morning, and then we do yoga in the afternoon. And in the middle of the day, we do a bunch of other fun stuff. But So he works with a, a nonprofit organization that goes to San Quentin and does yoga and meditation in San Quentin for veterans that are serving life sentences. To give them just an ounce, and us when we do the, the, the Raider Park stuff, but just to give them an ounce of peace to give them whatever quality of life that they can give, they can get and then he comes with us and then deals with our t- macho tough guys not wanting to do meditation and yoga but he gets them every single time. Um, you guys know this guy? So he's, him and I had a very similar transition out of the military um, and we met actually the same time that we got out was, and we just kind of hit it off because, because of that, those situations. Um, and now he's taking the knowledge that he has gone through his transition um, through being a Navy SEAL and working with individuals so they don't get to the place that we were after 12 years of service, which is what all you guys are trying to do, right? We're trying, the goal is here in this week is to empower, motivate, inspire all of us and remind us why we do the job that we do. This is Trevor Petro. Who, who knows this guy? Anybody? I think he's like one of the best, uh, or one of the top physical therapists in the Navy. Um, he worked on me when I got back from Afghanistan, worked with me, taught me how to do pain management, stay off, stay off drugs. Um, Josh basically owes him his entire life. Uh, same with this guy, Mason. Um, he was our strength and conditioning coach at Marsoc while we were there. And he did a very good job. Really quick story. I told Nate this, this morning. We came back, fired up. You know, post-deployment, you've still got a lot of gasoline in the tank, if, if I'll put it to you that way. And then this is when the Perez program, or the POTA program, had just, had just been established. And uh, they had this nice gym. We walk in there, and we're like, oh, this is a nice gym. Oh, you have to do your workout? No, bro. I've been in 12 years, man. I've been training for two decades. Like, I've, I got it. Can I work out here or not? Otherwise, I'm going to go down the street. He's like, oh, no, come on in. I'm just going to be over at my desk. You guys need me. And then about two weeks, we were completely doing his strength conditioning program. And my hips felt better. My lower back felt better. had more shoulder mobility. Um, but he, he probably was one of the smartest way I've ever seen it done. He just slowly just pulled asymmetrical warfare on us and just snuck right in. We didn't even see it happening. Um, but... I know Josh does, and I owe a lot to him as well. Uh, this guy, he's, the, he's another physical therapist at MARSOC, still actually actively serving there. Um, that, he was the guy that was working on his leg. Trevor Petro and both him is the one that worked on me for pain management when I got back from Afghanistan, and a lot of those practices I still use today. Um, who knows that guy? <laughs> so he's working with 10th Special Forces Group, doing the same thing, ensuring his guys don't end up in a bad way. So I'm me standing up here because I'm just a dude that did a job that I wanted to do. I volunteered for it multiple times and went through stupid, stupid selection processes to do it. That's because I wanted to do it. These are the guys that were my heroes and that are Josh's heroes because now I can go ride bikes for 20K on the 20K bike ride on the beach with my girlfriend and my best friend. I can go do Defy gravity. Defy gravity with my daughters. Josh can do all kinds of crazy stuff more than me because of all of you in the room. And I don't think you guys realize the impact and the second and third order effects that you have on individuals' lives. It is absolutely crucial that we have you in our lives and that you are here doing what you're doing. And then this guy who's running the whole thing, who also happened to be, serve and do his thing as well. And now he has dedicated his life to do the exact same thing because he's been there himself. Good job, man. A hero, a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, are noble qualities. What you guys do is noble qualities. So in my mind, you are the heroes because you are keeping our way of life going and keeping our quality of life post-service, even post-service, where it should be. And then there's a lot of them that are just submarine sandwiches, and we know who those are. <laughs> and then let's go get Jack Tanner ripped. The one thing that I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take the first, the biggest t TSAC NSCA selfie that there is. Can everybody stand up? I've been sitting way too long. Need to start moving around. All right, here we go. And one, two, three. Guys, thank you so much. Have a great week. It's been awesome. My pleasure.